Into the Apex is back on the road in 2022, beginning with the 60th running of the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona. We'll be trackside for the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, FIA World Endurance Championship, GT America, and NTT IndyCar Series. Visiting Sebring, Mid-Ohio, Watkins Glen, VIR, Road Atlanta, and the streets of Nashville. For the full schedule of events, visit IntoTheApex.com. the world of real and virtual auto sport meets mad sim racing media presents the into the apex podcast It's into the apex here in the first part. It's Tyler Bradley in the main studio and Patrick Stein up in Chicago. Tonight, we're joined by Derek DeBoer. Derek is a professional driver from, with many years of experience in road racing and is the driver of the number 66 Porsche Cayman GT4 Club Sport with TRG, the racers group, uh, where he'll be back to racing on the streets of St. Petersburg just next week. Uh, you can also watch the chronicles of his motorsport journey with his family on Fast Life uh, at fastlife.tv and on Amazon. Uh, welcome, Derek. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks so much for uh, some time. Yeah, tonight. thank you guys. You guys are uh, doing the heavy lifting over there on the East Coast. Uh, it's still pretty early for me, but I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that we finally have been able to get together. We've talked about it at, at many events, and as they go, they get crazy and busy, and time slips away. So I'm glad we finally made a Friday night work. Yeah, it's it's good yeah. to talk to you. I know. Uh, so most of our listeners in our community, they know that uh, uh, Derek carried you carried our our logo and our our podcast on the uh, car for the Pinkboard Project at the Indianapolis Eight Hours. That was, I mean, that was a great weekend. I really, really, really. I mean, it was the third trip to Indianapolis last year, but uh, that eight hour weekend of all the support racing and the ultimately the eight hours that was something to see i really enjoyed that weekend well and we were really thankful for you guys to jump in and help with that project you know uh, ryan and his sister-in-law you know the, she's who we were raising money for with that were so touched and so grateful the way the you know the motorsports community is just cool about that you know people jump in and support things that their drivers and people they connect with or are into and you guys were early adopters on that project and jumped right in with full force so that was that was awesome yeah, that was that was wonderful. And I mean, coming up, well, let me start with we'll get to next week and, and the new season, which is just around the corner. Uh, but uh, as far as kind of laying out the uh, the groundwork for everything, uh, first thing I ask, I think the natural first question is kind of where your love of motorsport began and uh, kind of where this this whole thing began, because you've been driving professionally for many years now uh, with TRG for quite a while. Uh, but where did it kind of begin with the love of motorsport, the getting into driving professionally? And oh, man, you're going to take me all the way back into the the very beginning, like the, <laughs> the whole question that started it all and really is the basis between Fast Life TV and the children's book. It was, uh, you know, for me, it was as a, as a kid growing up, I just I was drawn to auto sports. My dad was a, uh, a drag racer. He raced uh, top fuel funny cars and top alcohol dragsters. And he did that, you know, until I was 
until about when I got to like the natural age of playing t-ball and stuff like that. And then it just turned into, it wasn't super uh, mm-hmm. family conducive. So, but I think just being a, a toddler and being around that scene just opened my eyes to the world of racing. And that became what I wanted to watch on TV. I wasn't that enthralled with, you know, the, the Super Bowl or the World Series. I, I wanted to watch the Indy 500 and the race car drivers and, you know, yeah. the, the Mario Andretti's and the Danny Sullivan's. And those guys were my, those were my superheroes as, as a little kid. So I think it just, it started when I was, you know, knee, knee high tall. <laughs> yeah the the early days and uh and, and starting so i know in your history you drove you've driven like a variety of cars you've driven um for open wheel a bit of open wheel early on Is yeah that- that's actually um you know i always wanted to be an open wheel racer you know like, like many people you know formula one and indy car was was kind of the dream but um you know as a as a young kid and and being in ashland oregon and the the racing lifestyle didn't really click for my family. So it just, to me as a kid, it was just something that I loved and it never really even crossed my mind that it was something that I could do being a you know kid from Ashland, Oregon. So it really wasn't, I didn't have any foot in the door with racing other than having observed it very young. And, uh, you know, I, I went through life. I just, you know, I did, um, all the normal sports, you know, the stuff that was, easy to do. It didn't take anything more than raising my hand and saying, okay, I want to play football. I want to play baseball. I want to play basketball. Um, I did all that stuff. I, um, um, was actually, I was a professional wakeboarder for many years. I wrote for liquid force wakeboards, you know, that was like kind of like high school through college. And it wasn't until I got married and, and Brooke was the one that asked me that, that, that fabled question, I guess, you know, she, one, one night we were laying there, she was what one passion, you know, if if you always wanted to chase that I don't know about that I should know about. And that was when I said, you know, I, I always wanted to be a race car driver and she signed me up for skip barber racing school. Like that next month, I think we like slapped it on a credit card and had some credit card debt to go <laughs> to try, try out and see if this worked. And like, I remember like taking time off of work and not telling my family where I was going. And it was just a her and I trip. And it was like, I was sneaking away to go dabble in racing and see what happened. But, you know, and back then that was when they, you know, Skip Barber was, you know, it was, uh, you know, they were part of like the, the path to IndyCar, you know, with the Barber Dodge and then the pro Dodge. And, you know, I think everyone went to Toyota Atlantics and then the IndyCars or whatever. So like, I just showed up. Um, for class and it was unlike any other class I ever showed up for. I never, you know, I did, I did well at school as a kid, but I didn't, I wasn't engaged. Like, but man, when I sat down for racing school, it was like, I was locked in and and ready to go. (laughs) Oh yeah. I I can only imagine. And yeah, yeah, it's something like that. I mean, I think a lot of people can relate that there's things you, that you find as a kid that you enjoy, you think, Oh, maybe one day I may do that. And then you just kind of hang on to it and keep it inside. And it takes maybe just, like you said, one person to kind of encourage you to do it. And then that's all it takes. And then it, it happens. So, I mean, that's that's something a lot of people, I think, can take from that that experience. That's yeah, exactly. I mean, that's really the premise of where, you know, I'm kind of jumping around on the timeline a little bit because those early years were, you know, we had no idea what we were doing. It's like we went to racing school. You know, the instructor said, hey, you're kind of good. You should do this. 
and you're kind of going, oh, I'm sure they say that to everybody. You know, they just want me to pay for a race weekend. <laughs> I would love for them to tell me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. um, so I actually did because I, I showed up for a two-day school, and then they were like, well, if you do the three-day school, you'll get your license, and our last race of the season is this weekend. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm going to, like, enter a race, and <laughs> – but we did, and it went really well. I think I ended up finishing fifth in my first race, like ever, in uh, open wheel Formula Dodge with the guys that had been going the whole season. So it was just like we kind of just kept letting the doors open as long as they op- opened. You know, it wasn't like we we're kicking through them, but um, you know that yeah. really is like the whole premise of the book is like finding that one person that draws out of you what it is that you're supposed to be doing. Whether it's like how Brooke was for me, she asked that question. And it kind of gave me permission to go, go try it. And then on top of it, she kind of was a cheerleader for the project. It was like, yeah, you know, she was pushing me like, yeah, go do this. You should try this. It's just so amazing when you're lucky enough to end up with a, the person or a tribe around you or friends or people that support you rather than, you know, the opposite. Mm. So often that is, that is the case. Yeah, and and that is that's been a unique thing of, of your racing career, and that's that's uh, kind of where we started. So our group, uh, the group of us here on the show, we we started watching Fast Life kind of in the early part of COVID. Uh, we started to kind of try to find motorsport related content to kind of get us through, and uh, Fast Life and, and uh, your shows and the vlogs and so on kind of got us through the early part of that. It kind of got us into that when the the racing was slowing down uh, before it all came back. And, and for you, it seems like, I mean, your, your career has been kind of a family effort, um, not just with Fast Life with Brooke, uh, but with the book, uh, that's Fast Life, Let's Go Racing, uh, meant for, for younger and a younger audience. Uh, I think uh, the way I look at it, I know Rob's not with us here in the first part, but he grabbed it at Daytona for his nephew. I think it's a great thing for, to kind of get young motorsport, you know, young people into motorsport. Uh, and that's that goes in motorsport, especially especially in road racing, male or female, your son or your daughter, either one, because it's uh, the SRO and, and IMSA. It seems like they've done a really great job of having the diversity. Uh, but uh, in your case, it's a family affair because not only did uh, does Brooke do Fast Life, uh, but she did the book, uh, and your daughter Paige, I believe, did some of the illustrations on the book. So it's like it's all in the family. It's a family effort. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it has been from the beginning. I think um, you know, Paige is our oldest daughter, so she literally, you know, grew up, uh, you know, showing up some of those early Skip Barber races, you know, like in a in a stroller, like just you know, on the you know outside the fence and pit lane. So I, I don't think she could come in there, but you know, she <laughs> she'd be napping away. So the it's always just been the, the whole family, and the the girls love it, and you know, certainly like anything, there's been drama and there's been ups and downs and there's some weekends that go smoother than others but um it's been a really eye-opening world to be a part of and i you know i wouldn't trade it for anything and i I think brooke and the girls would say that too just the the people that we've met the connections that we've made the opportunities just like um you know for for brooke to have stumbled into the the people that have helped make the book happen and then and for Paige, you know just out of college to to land this job and the career path that she studied as an artist. It was just like all, all this stuff just kind of happened because we were in this great circle of people and, and um, the racing family is just amazing. Just like, like you guys, you know, they support each other. Everybody wants to see everybody do well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that's definitely true. And 
And with that, I kind of want to get your sense of uh, some of the experiences of racing. Uh, TRG, what a team to be a part of for so many years. Uh, when I think of TRG, I think back of watching, what was it, Grand Am at the time. And they had so many entries in, in the Grand Am and the Daytona 24. And in your case, you've been to uh, Le Mans. I know we, we've heard a little bit uh, in the past uh, ourselves of your experience in Le Mans. Uh, with Kevin Buckler and and uh, I believe the festival race there. I think you were in an Aston yeah, that's Martin right. yeah. at the time. Yeah, Is absolutely. Right? It was. Um, what was it like to be in? I mean, in any capacity in Lama, <laughs> I can't imagine. I always like to hear this. Right, you know, it, in a way, I, I kind of, I sometimes just lean on that whole saying of ignorance is bliss. Sometimes you walk into stuff and you don't really know how ill prepared you are or how big of an opportunity it is or what an opportunity it is until you look back and go, gosh, did I really get to do that? Like at that point in time. And um, I mean, that's really the whole meeting of, of Kevin Buckler and starting with TRG as well. It was, um, you know, I had done some stuff with Skip Barber and, and raced, um, you know, a couple seasons of, you know, Formula Renault and Open Wheel and, and then ended up kind of trying to run my own team in, in Grand Am with a, a partner here out of Medford. And, and I quickly realized I didn't want to be a team owner. And then I just kind of, then I we sold all that stuff and it was just kind of on the sidelines a little bit. And um, a buddy of mine who's actually uh, involved with Patron and Paul Mitchell invited me to the, I think it was a Grand Am race. It would have been a Grand Am or IMSA at that point in time at Laguna Seca. And, you know, I, they kind of wanted me to be the racing insider to show them around. And I was like, you know what, I, I'm actually hoping to get back into racing. Let's go meet some teams. And, uh, you know, we were walking through the paddock. And, of course, you know, one of the first ones I walked, you know, saw was TRG. And I was like, oh, yeah, these are guys are like, this is the, the top of the heap. This is the best guys in the business. Let's go. Let's go meet them. And literally just went and knocked on the door and, you know, said, hey, is, uh, is your team owner here? I'm looking for an opportunity to get into a race car. And they're like, Actually, this is a really perfect time for that. We're just switching to Aston Martin. We don't really have anything set up. We've got some <laughs> testing opportunities. And it was like, well, so it all just turned into that. And I mean, that was that was uh, like 13 years ago, right? And and the, the TRG relationship has just oh, grown wow. And, wow. and been amazing since then. So I, this is actually, this will be my 10th year actively driving and racing with them. But it was 12 mm. or 13 years ago that I had that infamous knock on the door and the relationship started. But yeah, I mean, with, within that, I mean, shoot, it was 2013. I think that it would be, or 12 would, would have been my first year racing with them. And, and, you know, then it was, you know, we were trying to raise money to do whole seasons. Couldn't. So I had to just kind of cherry pick and do one offs or, you know, Kevin even was great at pairing me together with, you know, some sponsors and things like that. And it was 2015 when we had the opportunity to do Daytona and I mean, I've been with the team for two years. Like, so I've been moving into one of the biggest sports in, you know, professional endurance sports car racing. And, you know, in my eyes, it was just what you're supposed to do. That was, that was the, the way the opportunities were supposed to work. But now looking back at it, it's like, man, I wish I, I wish I could have been here this year or last year now that I've got some, some time under my belt. <laughs> but, um, it all went really well. I mean, we had a really good run at Daytona that year. And then the opportunity to go to Lamar happened. And I mean, what an effort that was, you know, um, you know, Deborah, Kevin's wife is the CFO of the company and the one that organizes so much of the logistics. I, I can't imagine what she had to put together to get 
eight Aston Martins and our transporter to Le Mans, mm. you know, cause you know, Kevin wanted to do it right. There was no messing around. It was like the whole <laughs> yeah. fleet went, wow. didn't want to have a rental truck. He wanted his office from home there. I mean, it, it was, it was an amazing effort and, and a, I mean, just wow. a ridiculous opportunity to have been involved with that, that early on in the experience. Yeah, I can't imagine because it just the the idea of the logistics of getting ourselves to Lamar makes my head <laughs> yeah that hurt. that's a goal of ours. <laughs> yeah. but, I mean that's that's on brand for TRG. So I remember we've actually ch- we've talked on the show about um, we've we go down kind of nostalgia routes on the show here, and uh, I I kind of remember back to my early college days watching Grand Am the Rolex Twenty Four, and. Uh, TRG having so many entries seems like it's on brand for TRG to kind of have a ton of entries. Uh, Andy Lally, I, I mean, uh, speaking of that, I mean, th- kind of the the co-drivers you've had over the the past several seasons, uh, Spencer Pompelli, Andy Lally, uh, just with the Indy Indy Eight Hours. I mean, what a lineup! I mean that that is the the car or the team or the crew that I would pull for. I mean, those are some, that's a strong lineup. Yeah. That was definitely the most epic lineup I've, I've been able to be a part of. And we, we had big hopes and just, you know, the eight hour didn't give us what we wanted this year, but we'll, we'll be hunting for it again. But yeah, I mean, just all the way from the beginning, you know, Kevin has been such a great advocate and, you know, even at times where I was just desperate to get a deal together, he's like, Nope, Nope. That's, that's not the right driver to do this with. That's not the right combo. We don't need to do it that bad. Let me go hunting and find somebody else better. I mean, um, you know, he paired me with Jerome Bleak Mullen for a Lamborghini race in, uh, in Texas one weekend. And that was just, a, you know, kind of a random one-off that happened, but um, I've got yeah. to meet and drive with some incredible, incredible co-drivers, you know, Sean Gibbons, who's still um, very active and very competitive in SRO was a great teammate, um, had several years working and coaching with, Dr. Jim, he's still in our stable and, and driving with uh, you know, Todd Hetherington, um, Jason Alexandridis. This is going to be a really kind of a fun season coming back with him as a co-driver because we had such an amazing season together in 2016. And these are all people that Kevin paired me with that I would have never met otherwise. And then, you know, uh, of course, last year was a, a dream season having the opportunity to pair with Spencer. I mean, he's one of the fastest humans in a Porsche. So, um, was able to, to <laughs> learn a lot from him and, you know, and, and the same with Andy and our, our styles work together really well. We, we all just, we jive and have a great time on track and off. And I, I hope that more opportunities like that come up with these guys for sure. It, it's funny. Uh, Dr. Jim, uh, Bradley and I were at VIR for, uh, the SRO race back in June of last year. And uh, we were walking through the paddock for that at VIR, and uh, came. We were we had watched Fast Life quite a bit at that point. Being, uh, I believe that race at that VIR, was the first one after first open, opened up. first mm-hmm. open paddock mm-hmm. since COVID in any of the road racing. So we were we were fired up about that. So we were down there just making our rounds, walking around. Came up on the TRG and uh, and uh, I saw him. I was like, "That's Dr. Jim Bradley," and that's I mean that's Fast Life <laughs> right? right there. Yeah. Uh, I'd seen him on 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 Fast Life. <laughs> And, uh, but yeah, that, that was just a good time. I mean, VIR alone, I mean, that's, that's our home track here. We're, we're based in here in North Carolina. Uh, so VIR is kind of, we don't miss any races there. Uh, but, uh, it's what Paul Newman said it was heaven on earth. It's, it really yeah. is like a racing summer camp of sorts. Yeah, that's, like, that's how we describe, uh, yeah. 
our, our description of VIR is when you roll in there, it's as though you're going to summer camp. Yeah. You just you forget it, it, about it's it. It's interesting. Yeah. You, between you just, just walking through the trees, uh, arriving there, going over the bridge to the inside of the track, uh, Connie's pub, just being kind of low key, but, but very nice. It's, uh, everything about it is just so you could just hang out there forever. You don't want I to tend leave. to agree. It's like a motorsport. I don't spot. know if it's maybe the Spencer influence. Cause I think he's also like, you know, He's like one of the masters of VIR, but it's, 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 it really quickly became one of my very favorite tracks. And I think after, after experiencing Lama, there's a few tracks that I feel like have bits and pieces of it, you know, in, in the U S they've got that European feel and uh, VIR is definitely one of those. I mean, it's even like, it's almost like when you you're walking through the gates into Monza and you don't know if you're at a, at a park or if you're at a racetrack and, and VIR has that. And, and then of course, just the, the train and the track itself is, is, is epic. It's one of my very favorite places to be. Yeah, that, that is quite something. And, um, kind of to jump around a bit, um, going to Le Mans, that's something I, I kind of had uh, an asterisk besides to ask you about here on the show was being in, being out of country, uh, being at, at, at a track like that or, or a place like that for an event like that, the crowd, um, just kind of get your sense of that, uh, being there, the, the excitement, um, the moment of being there for such an event out of country at such a, historic- well, it's actually, I mean, it, it's part of the reason that the, the whole fast life docuseries came to be because of our experience there and seeing, how different motorsports is accepted over there versus here. I mean, it was like over there as a, as a race car driver, you were like a, a superhero and over here, it's like, you, you do what? Like, I was like, hold on, there's a football game on. Like, you know? So like, you know, Brooke saw that and she, you know, she'd been recording all this stuff, you know, on, on camera and iPhone, whatever for all these years. And then when she kind of saw, the behind the curtains view over there. She's like, we need to bring some of that back to the U S we need to find a way to help, help the series that we're involved with, you know, whether it was IMSA or, or SRO, or, you know, probably world challenge at that time grow and, and have more of this kind of feel. Cause it was just, it was absolutely amazing. I mean, and it was, it was also one of those that was again, kind of ignorance is bliss. I didn't know how big of a thing that we were walking into, and Kevin tried to explain it. And I don't know if any of you have ever had a chance to talk with Kevin. Um, but having known him for a couple of years, you know, I was like, okay, now he's, he's just remembering like back when he did it and it was really big and I'm sure it was amazing, but all, you know, the stuff he's telling us like, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be an awesome event, but you know, he's saying, this is going to be your Mick Jagger moment. This is the biggest thing you've ever been a part of. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Whatever. I'm sure it's going to be really cool. But no, he was absolutely, absolutely right. And actually the Mick Jagger moment, he was speaking specifically to the driver parade and we're like driver parade. Like, you know, I don't even think I had watched it on TV at that point in time. Cause I only cared about the race, you know, like I'd watched them on TV. I didn't even know yeah. about a driver parade. And it's like, do we really have to do that? We got to go around the thing. And, and there were some drivers that, you know, that didn't even want to go. And finally, you know, you kind of urged everybody to go, but I mean, that was, that alone was one of the most insane things I've ever been involved with. It was like, you know, uh, there was like a hundred thousand people lining the streets in this tiny city of Lamar just to, to wish the drivers well, you know, the next day at the track. And it was like, wow, 
so yeah, when he said it was the Mick Jagger moment, that's, that's what it felt like. We felt like we were rock stars, you know, going through that thing. And, and, uh, <laughs> it was just absolutely amazing. I did have, um, you know, Brooke and our two oldest daughters, um, our youngest daughter, we always give her a hard time because I don't know, maybe that maybe she has a warped reality or something, you know, but, um, at that point in time, you know, she, you know, we made it very clear, like everybody can go like, this is going to be really cool. We're all, you know, it's our first big family trip overseas. We're going to go watch dad race and do that. And she goes, you know what? I can go to France anytime. The last day of school and water day only happens once. <laughs> I'm staying back for that. So I think she still regrets, regrets uh, staying back for water. I would, I would regret that. I so would, we, yeah, yeah that's, uh, it, it puts some pressure on. We have to make Lamar happen again so she can come and see it. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You can't, you can't miss that. Yeah. I was about to, I was going to say, uh, speaking of, of football here, uh, it's like that, that is the Super Bowl of motorsport. I mean, the Rolex 24 is huge. The Indy 500 is huge. But to me, just internationally, uh, 24 hours of Le Mans and anything within that, you know, that's contained in that mm -hmm. is huge. That's the Super Bowl. And like yeah. the parade, like you mentioned, that's that's like the parade after the Super Bowl <laughs> right, yeah. in the winning city. Yeah. Before, yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's something. And yet at the same time, like you said, there's a lot of people out there that may not even I'll mention Lamont to people that I know that aren't racing fans and their, their ignorance upsets me. <laughs> they think you're going to birthing classes. It's like or something this is, this that. is huge. But yeah, it's the respect that, that, that event demands. And then when you mention Lamont, it's, it's on everybody's list. Any, any yeah. racing fan in the world, um, you know, we, we just got to go to the Rolex 24 for the first time. And just the idea of going there, and uh, I mean, some of the other major events, it's just, there's something special about it. Yeah. Um, Tyler's told me, I've never been to Indianapolis. He'll go this year. Yeah. Uh, but Tyler's told me about what it's like and what it feels like to walk into there. And I, I got a taste of that walking under the tunnel at Daytona. And I, I can't imagine, you know, we we obsess over Lamar a little bit. Um, <laughs> so one day when we get there, hopefully we can... We'll have our own take on it, but I mean, get, we just the chills. Yeah, yeah, we we love to hear about the experience of, of it's going it's, it's yeah, worth obsessing about for sure. I mean, Indi yeah, Indianapolis. I mean, uh, getting to compete at at places like that, Daytona, Indianapolis. Uh, I feel like I've been to Indianapolis a ton this this past year, and we're going to the five hundred this year. Um, but that I, again, the Indy the Indy eight. Uh, that's something that I was I was really just taken by it. It really hit me to be there, uh, to be on the grid, um, to walk the grid there before the actual eight hours. Uh, that that was just a special event. I really got a great appreciation for that. The Indy Road Course. Um, what, what's it like to? I guess the first question is: I think you, did you guys race on that in 2020? Uh, COVID, I know, was so weird. Was that your first or second, or, or how many times had you raced at Indianapolis? I think that was my second eight-hour at Indy. Um, we've done it twice when it was the California eight-hour as well. I, I did uh, the California eight-hour with mm -hmm. um, with Sean Gibbons and Spencer in the Porsche. That was the year that we. We were actually very handily leading the race, and then um, 
some some stuff happened and and we ended up second place so we've kind of been on this redemption for the 88 hour ever since then and and haven't been able to close the deal but um yeah so we did it that year um in california together and then we did it in uh 2020 2020 me dr jim and spencer and then or, or no i'm yeah. sorry me dr jim and andy mm. and then me spencer and andy this last year Mm-hmm. And it is, it's just, a, you know, I, I, yeah, that, uh, I mean, just, I've always, um, the endurance races are, or my, just race. you know, I love any of the endurance races and that's really, I've been trying to get my, my name back in, in, in that hat for some of the long ones. Again, that's where I always felt like I was uh, a better, better race car driver version of me than I, than I am in the sprint races. Although I've, been trying really hard to, to up my intensity and, and move into to closing the deal in these sprint races as well. But um, yeah, give me a, a 24 hour race or 12 or an eight hour and let's go. Oh yeah. That, that was, uh, I was going to say it's, it's uh, being in Indianapolis, being able to compete on that course um, on that track. Um, I get chills. I, I've told Brad, Bradley has not uh, been to Indianapolis. He'll go to the Indy 500 for the first time. Uh, but just seeing the pagoda, seeing the the bricks, I mean, seeing the the massiveness of the front stretch, uh, just something about it. It's hard to describe, to place into words. But uh, being able to compete there for eight hours for a weekend, uh, I know we were fired up to see you guys there, uh, there in October um, for the sprint race and for the eight hours. Uh, we were we were yeah. cheering you guys on quite a bit. I hope we can uh, put a, a deal together again this year to do the eight hour. And I'm sure you know, since I'm doing the the full season with Jason, he'll be knocking on the door pretty hard to to get that deal done and figure out who who will be available to be our magic third driver. But um, it, it it'd be fun to get back there and and uh, gosh, we should, we really need to go finally win that race. So. It, it's on, it's on the list for sure. Yeah, I will say one of the like the other coolest experiences at, about being in Indianapolis because Brooke and I have been able to be there a couple times as as guests at, at the 500. And you know, one of my other co-drivers I didn't even mention was James Davison. You know, back from the Aston Martin days, so we've kind of been able to enjoy seeing him and his entries into the 500 and being a part of that. But um, the first year that we got to go race there, um, you know, was 2020, and uh, I always show up to things early. I just, I just can't help it. I'm kind of uh, weird about time. And so I, I showed up, you know, early, like probably one day even before we were supposed to. And then of course I had to go to the track and it was kind of like a happy Gilmore moment. You know, I don't remember, you know, that, that section when he goes to the, the skating <laughs> rink and it's all dark and he <laughs> asks if he can get on the ice. And yeah. like, Anything for you, happy. Um, I kind of had that except they didn't, they didn't exactly say that to me. It wasn't quite that cool, but it's like we showed up and there was nobody there. And there was one security guard and I was like, hey, is there any way I can have access to the track? I'm driving the event this weekend. And he like cracked the gate and it was like the world's longest run because I like, I couldn't stop. Like I just wanted to go, I was going to go jog the track, but I think it turned into like a three hour jog because I had the entire oh, speedway to myself. I was the only person there. I, was like, I must've taken like 400 pictures and videos of like every corner and whatnot, but it was like, <laughs> that was a really, um, really, really interesting experience to be in, inside of that place and like literally not see another soul anywhere. It was, it was, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was blown away being there for the Indy 500 back in May. They said what they said, uh, partial capacity. I mean, I, I couldn't right. tell the difference. Uh, we're going to go this year. and I can't imagine the full capacity, what that's going to be like this year, because yeah, absolute madness. It's, it seemed like it was madness uh, this past May to be there, but. It's um, the most organized madness just, I've ever been a part of that place. Somehow they can handle almost, <laughs> you know, whatever it is, 300,000 people. It's like, it's like no problem. Yeah. It, it's wild. Stained. Uh, another thing I wanted to ask you about. So uh, we didn't go last year. We watched it on TV with excitement, uh, but Bradley and I will be traveling for the show to uh, record in Nashville for that That's weekend right. this year. Uh, and I know you raced uh, with the, uh, with GT4 in, uh, Nashville at the street circuit, which was a brand new experience. Uh, kind of, I, I, it looked like, I think I remember watching it. It was a tough weekend, but, uh, what was the experience like on the Nashville street, the all new Nashville? Yeah, I definitely have some unfinished business to take care of there, but, um, it was a, it was an amazing event and it, it made me an absolute fan of just the city of Nashville in general, you know, it's somewhere I'd never visited um, came into that event with just a huge amount of confidence. You know, uh, Kevin and I actually met there a month before the race to go scout it out, and we had jogged you know, multiple laps of the track, and just we were doing everything we could just to be one step ahead of everybody else. And and uh, you know, showed up, showed up, and we were, we were fast out of the gates, and everything was was going really well. And typical TRG style, you know, we had a hundred guests and sponsors and VIP experience and, mm. and boat rides and this, and I mean, there was, you know, everything that we do. Um, but the, you know, the city was incredible. The, the, the fan participation was incredible. Um, we worked with a, a local charity there called rocket town and, um, got to be a part of their charity race for the kids and raise some money with the book and, and, uh, just all in all the entire experience, you know, other than, 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 totaling a Porsche during the race was absolutely amazing. <laughs> mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember watching, I was like, Oh man. Cause I mean, we were pulling for you in every race this, this past year. And I was like, Oh, that's, yeah. but I was fascinated by the circuit. So I definitely, uh, we're excited to see it. I, I don't know if they're going to make some changes. Uh, were there anything you kind of want to see different about this? You know, it's, it's, it's easy to say yes as one of the ones that got got caught out and had their race in early but um yeah and it was it was a really fun circuit to drive and i get everything about what they did and why they did it where they did it but yeah no i I would hope there's some invitation for some you know drivers that were part to talk about areas that you know we see that we could maybe improve the racing or improve the safety um it's just so hard in the street course and there's, there's areas you know, I, and literally, literally, I, I think I have a video at some point where I was walking the exact section where we crashed. And I said, I've literally said on the video, I would hate to be the first person that tries to go too wide through here. Cause I just don't think it's going to work. Um, <laughs> and then that's exactly yeah. the situation that, I mean, I, I, I guess I can, I don't know how politically correct I should be or not be. I'll, I'll take blame for anything I was a part of, but <laughs> you know, I, I took the bait and got pushed into a, a scenario where I, I decided to allow a, a, a two wide situation and just didn't, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not like I practiced that line before. And there's, there's some bumps on that side of the track, the, the bridge crowns to that side. And it was just like the moment that I 
move to that side to protect the the inside of the, of the turn there. I just, I, I kind of became a passenger and it was like the longest, like 15 seconds ever. It was like, God, is this really happening right now? There's nothing I can do yeah. to fix this right now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It, I mean, we saw that in the IndyCar race too. I mean, that was a kind of a, a tough one. That was a lot of cautions, things like that. Um, but I mean, we're, we put it on our schedule. I mean, it's close, but also it just seemed like a, a very interesting time in Nashville. Yeah. It seemed, um, it's like a destination yeah, race. We've never been point. to Nashville. It seemed like a very good place to have a good time. And, and it oh my gosh, the city is so cool. And if you've got any, any bone in your body that loves music, it's just like, there's, there's not a cooler place to be. It's like, just a, I, I'm definitely a fan of Nashville. I, I could spend some time there for sure. <laughs> and then uh, St. Pete, I mean, coming right up, right? I mean, the season's about to start. Yeah, I'm super. Uh, is St. Pete. I oh, think, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, it, it <laughs> did. is that a track that SRO has been to a couple of years ago and then it missed for COVID or is that a new track? for? Yeah, COVID? so no, it was, a, it was a normal on the staple, you know, before Sprint X um, was, was a part of the scenario. So back in the early Pirelli World Challenge years, it was always one of the first races of the season. So I actually raced there in uh, 2015 and 2016, I believe. Um. And I've always just been uh, a huge fan of the, the area. You know, it, it also helps because, you know, some of our team partners, um, Carlos and Beverly, um, you know, they live in St. Pete and they're very well connected there. Um, their, their business is there. They're amazing people and have been um, amazing supporters of Brooke and I and, and TRG from the very beginning. But uh, and they were actually some of the original, you know, partnership of, you know, promoters bringing the Grand Prix to St. Pete in the whole first place. So um, our experience there is pretty over the top. I mean, they've got this, they live right, you know, within walking distance of the race. So we get to, to be in this, uh, you know, amazing home of theirs and the hospitality that, that happens at the race is great. And I mean, you're, there's not a more beautiful place to race. It's like, it's like the, the Monaco of the U S you know, we're there on the, on the ocean and um it's and, and it's always fun when we're with indycar i will say i'm a fan of i, I don't mind the fact that we're, we're kind of second or third fiddle um because they bring so much to the table and maybe it's because of my my heart always being with with open wheel and i, I respect so much what those guys do it's, it's fun to be a part of their weekend and it, it brings some more fanfare and some more excitement and just energy to the event so much like how, how nashville was um i expect st pete to be uh to be very much that yeah the street circuits i can i kind of can imagine i mean what i imagine it's difficult at the street circuits uh, i'm curious kind of the difference between those and say i mean any other circuit but the street circuits especially like st pete um Nashville and so on. You know, historically, I've had good results at street circuits. Um, you know, Nashville's really the first time that one went awry. But, um, you know, I also like to think I'm one of the drivers that I really like to do my homework. I, I don't mind the fact that a street race, in a way, it's just so clearly defined. You know, there's not any any wiggle room. There's no room for error. So you know exactly the box you have to operate in and and you can gradually build up to being as, as fast as you can and, and operate within that window. And I like that about street racing. The 
risk that it poses, you know, poses along with that is a little bit, you know, you sometimes wonder if it's a smart decision to be there or not. Cause there's so much that there's so much respect you're putting into your fellow competitors that, that can put you in a situation or not even on purpose. There's just so many ways that your race can end that, that could be completely out of your control. So I definitely have um, multiple feelings about how street courses go, but, um, but I enjoy it. I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. There's <laughs> just nothing like it. And, uh, Something we ask everybody, we kind of, we, we do a lot of sim racing to kind of stay connected. Uh, I want to ask you about sim racing and I did watch one of your vlogs, uh, over COVID and I know you tried sim racing. You tried iRacing. I think it was iRacing and it was just a tough time. Uh, so honest take on, I mean, there's no, there's no sugarcoating here by yeah. any, any actual, <laughs> any actual professional racers. Uh, we do a lot of sim racing to stay connected to it. Uh, but so we were, we talked to Spencer at, uh, Indy after he raced for Xfinity, uh, off the air and he kind of gave us a take and he, and like he said, he, he didn't, he wasn't going to blow any smoke for, for iRacers or sim racers. Uh, I know from the vlog, it was tough. It was difficult. Uh, I know, but I know you have a sim rig in your garage. I, I do. And I, I will say you, What's you your... sim racer guys are really fast at your craft. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was hard to jump into your circle. So yeah, no, I I think it's a it's an amazing technology and it's come so far. Um, and I've I've always just used it simply as a tool to to learn tracks that I hadn't been to or to improve at places where I thought I was weak and to refresh myself before I go back somewhere. I've, I I never felt like it had what I needed to to get me to ten tenths at a track. Um, but I think that's all changing and the technology is getting better, but I, you know, just like logging on this call, you guys have figured out I'm, I'm not the best technology guy. So some of those early sim races, <laughs> I actually have figured out there was some fatal flaws in my system that, that, um, weren't helping me at all. I actually, I, I think I had done several of like the, the high level races, and later on, you know, we were doing like some testing for an event with somebody and, uh, you know, working together and they helped me figure out that like my throttle was actually set to only go to 70%. So I was like, why are these guys all passing me on the straightaway? <laughs> it's like, I'm at 70% throttle, but I think I'm <laughs> so there's, so I, I do have some excuses, um, about maybe not being yeah. that sharp in oh, <laughs> some yeah. of those first races. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I, I respect it. I think it's great, you know, cause it's, um, it, yeah, I mean, I guess it'd be really easy to be uh, a guy that's lucky enough to be in the seat of a race car and say, yeah, no, that's not the real deal. What we're doing is the real thing. It's just, it's just another way to do it. And I love the fact that it bridges that gap and it, you know, people that don't get to go actually be in a real car or don't have, you know, just haven't been lucky enough to have that happen. That it's a way that they can go racing and, and the competition is very serious. And yeah, I think it's just like what most of us would say as a race car driver, like I'll, I'll go race a lawnmower as long as there's 10 lawnmowers and they're, they're all pretty equal. There's 10 of us that are going to have an amazing time. <laughs> exactly. I don't care if we're all going 20 miles, an hour yeah, or right. 200 miles an hour. It, it's racing and, and, um, sim racing definitely bridges that gap. And I, I think it's also, a you know, a, a real resource that's in line with our beliefs of, of fast life and the whole project of getting more people 
engaged in racing and, and in whatever way that it takes. And if, if that's what hooks somebody, that's what hooks them. Either way, they're they're now a racing fan, and it's an industry that we love and support and believe in, and want to see it exist for for a long time. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. That's a good take. Yeah, yeah. and and I know going to the races, and then we you know we try to spread sim racing and real motorsport and kind of bridge that gap. That's the whole motto of this show: is virtual. We're virtual and real motorsport meet, and just mentioning we've met a lot of people on the road that have come to races for the first time over the pandemic because of sim racing. And then they've, that's bridged them over to fans of real motorsport where they want to come out to races. And then just from our own personal experience, um, going to races and we got the chance to not in a, in a real GT car, but in, <laughs> in a BMW, uh, oh, yeah, MA BIR, competition, yeah. uh, we got to go a little bit fast as passengers, as passengers. And, uh, the respect that we gained yes for because in in sim racing you're sitting <laughs> stationary in your seat yeah. i mean there's there's only yeah. so many ways you can fool yourself into thinking you're going yeah. fast we the res, yeah the respect we gained for yeah for, 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 for the imza imza weekend at vir bradley and i uh michelin did they were doing fast laps around the patriot course and uh, we did two of those uh two one in the m8 and one in the new bmw m4 yes yes and uh to say we were terrified was probably an overstate, an understatement. Uh, the, just the grip and, and the, the, I mean, as yeah. passengers, of course, but definitely a new respect. You, yes. you get, I think some of the sim racers out there get a little, little yeah. bit of a big head. Oh, I can, I'm good. Yeah, I can show up into a GT4. <laughs> I can right. do that. So no, you can't. That, no, no, you can't. No way. Four hot laps with the professional driver from the BMW school taught us that. Okay, I'm watching any professional motorsport in a whole new light, whole new respect uh, to be out there and do that over and over again for a second. Yeah. I, I do love hearing that because it is one of my favorite experiences. Cause you know, again, with, uh, with TRG, we do a lot of events, uh, you know, outside of race weekends, you know, with sponsors and partners where we're putting people in race cars. I mean, we had one year we had uh, Daytona privately rented for two days and we had, you know, probably 50 guests throughout those two days. And, getting to give them rides around a track like that and opening people's eyes to, to what an athletic sport and what the, the full experience of being in a race car and the, and the heat of battle really feels like and seeing the look on their eyes and sometimes the screams in the car and sometimes the inability to stand up after you drop them off <laughs> is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we, yeah. I've got, I've got video evidence of me, Usually I can be fairly talkative and I, I was saying yeah. nothing to her. <laughs> yeah. I, I also have video no. and with mine and, and I was, I would think I was going, Ooh, Ooh. And that <laughs> was just me. Not, that fear. was me trying not to scream. <laughs> right. Uh, so, but that was, that was just before that was actually the weekend before I came out and watched you guys at Indianapolis. And that kind of colored the whole, it was a whole new experience to spectate Indianapolis after going that fast in a car on a Saturday. Right. Uh, so that was uh, that was something. Uh, it made me start to think about uh, Skip Barber School or Twenty Four Hours of Lemons or some way to actually break away into real, actual driving or getting onto a car. Um, and the sim was kind of like the the training, very very loose training. <laughs> it just doesn't uh, it doesn't give you the sweat or the fear part of it that comes along with no. it. No. 
Yeah, yeah. The attack on the synth yeah. definitely doesn't yeah. give you that. No, um, but it's still a very effective. But, but yes, tool. to to start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it it definitely scratches the itch. I can say that. Um, as we kind of close with you here tonight, um, yeah, I want to kind of reflect on on uh, Fast Life and uh, the Fast Life Let's Go Racing book. Uh, because uh, that's been we've we spotted that actually at all the SRO races, and we spotted that at the 24 Hours of Daytona. Rob grabbed it for his nephew, uh, like we said, and uh, uh, really to kind of get people into motorsport uh, that may not other you know young people specifically. The book I really love uh, because it it aims at folk at, at young people that and that's could be little boys, little girls, whatever uh, that could get into it because. Uh, the SRO IMSA, um, really more than anything, doesn't matter what your background is. Uh, you can kind of, you see drivers in all programs, Honda, uh, BMW, and so on. Yeah, and I, I, I truly believe that. I mean, it, it, it does seem like a daunting task to find your way into a race car if you, if you have some odds stacked against you or something. But I, I really do believe that if you're willing to, to put in the work and go form relationships and, and just start at the bottom there, there, there's a way to do it. And it, it, it isn't always all around just having the money or having the checkbook there, there, there's ways to find your way in if you're supposed to be there. And I'm obviously, you know, very, I have a lot of pride in, in those projects, you know, to have, to have my wife have been the conduit that, pushed me into the confidence to, to get into a race car and to see the, the fast life project, you know, start from, you know, her filming with cameras that sat on her shoulder to an iPhone and editing till four in the morning and, and getting a project like that on her own all the way to being on Amazon prime. And then to have this, this book and, and the story and to see my daughter illustrated is so there's, I'm, I'm probably a little bit biased. So there's, there's a lot of pride in that, but I, <laughs> I just, I so deeply believe in, in why those projects happen and what they're trying to say that the, the only frustrating thing for me is not being able to make it as, as big as we want to. We want the, the whole world to read the book. And you know, I, I told Brooke, I'm going to do all I can to make sure there's a million copies of that thing sold somehow. And it'll be a New York times bestseller, but I'm a, oh, yeah. I'm a ways away from that. Yeah. We got like <laughs> 999,950 more to go or something like that. <laughs> no, but it is awesome. You know, that the, you know, the, the series and the, you know, the souvenir stand with, with styled aesthetics has been um, awesome to take it on and, and lug those books around the country and make sure they're available at events, even when, when we're not there and, and um, you know, they're available on Barnes and Noble or on Amazon, but you know, the, the direct link is just, it's, it's easy to go to fastlife.tv and see where to, where to order the book. And of course we'll always have them on hand at the races. If you want autographed copies and stuff like that. And uh, we just um, love to try to put our, I guess putting your money where your mouth is with it a little bit. You know, we, we, we're, we're, yeah. we're lucky to be here doing what our dream is and we want to share that with as many people as we can and encourage people that, that they can do it too. And, that's part of the, the other part of the book is, you know, the, there's a large percentage of the proceeds that goes into children's charities and helping other kids to, to achieve their dreams. So that's um, another project that we're working on. We're actually in the, in the middle of trying to figure out all the details of starting a foundation that will, will help 
help others uh, achieve their dreams. And it doesn't have to be racing. You know, it can be a, you know, a dream to be a, yeah. a ballerina or an artist or a doctor or whatever it is. You know, we, we want to right. share what we've experienced and, and find a way to help other people live their dream. It's, it's important. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, yeah, definitely. Most definitely. And uh, Derek DeBoer, living a dream as a, as a professional race car driver of Porsche GT4s in the SRO. Um, what a time. We're just under an hour. Uh, we'll, we'll let you go for the evening here. Uh, but uh, that's Derek DeBoer. Check it out at fastlife.tv. Uh, look up the Fast Life Let's Go Racing uh, book for your child or relative who's young. And uh, we're going to be watching in just under about a week from the day uh, in the uh, St. Petersburg uh, events. And uh, we'll, we'll be out on location at VIR and Nashville and hopefully Indianapolis uh, in October for the SRO events. And hopefully we'll catch up and uh, grab a beer or two uh, at Trackside uh, here this year in 2022. But it was uh, quite the privilege to be on your car uh, in uh, 2021 at Indy and, uh, and to see you for a bit. And uh, we'll be pulling for you here all year in 2022. Well, thank you very much, guys. It was, uh, again, a, a privilege to have you guys on the car and uh, to have me on the show tonight and uh, just hanging out on a Friday night, uh, kicking it and talking racing. It was fantastic. So we'll look forward to crossing paths at a, at a racetrack near you this uh, 2022 season and, and doing it in person. So thanks a lot. I appreciate you guys. This sounds great. That's Derek DeBoer, FastLife.tv. We'll be right back. On to the Apex. Cheers, everybody. Setups. Whether you love them or hate them, they're one of the most important elements in sim racing. However, so many of us don't have the time to painstakingly tweak every value to create a good setup. Never mind the hours of work required to find game-breaking exploits to make you even quicker. The Coach Dave Academy has created competitive iRacing setups developed by professional sim racers and engineers that are designed to enhance your performance in the most popular sim racing game in the world. Receive new setups for iRacing season car and track combinations every week, giving you the time and pace to be able to focus on racing on the track rather than being sat in pit lane. All of the setups follow real driver feedback and come with MoTeC data and replay files, helping you improve not just your car setups, but also your driving technique. The best part? When you sign up, the first week is free, which means you can test the setups for yourself before committing to a monthly membership. Check them out at coachdaveacademy.com forward slash iRacing. That's coachdaveacademy.com forward slash iRacing. This episode is brought to you by the racing fans at Great Hire HR. Whether you're hiring one employee or 100, Great Hire will let you keep doing what's important, running your business. For more information, visit GreatHireHR.com. It's GreatHireHR.com. You've just achieved your greatest accomplishment as a sim racer. Now what? Don't let it become just another stat you never see. Alien Awards is a service run by and for sim racers, creating clearly printed plaques on solid surfaces, something you can display proudly to mark a major victory and show off your team and sponsors. Whether you're an individual driver looking to create a memory or a league owner looking to take your season to the next level, Alien Awards can help. These are quality awards I know because I've won one. There are no setup or design fees and shipping in the U.S. is free. Take your sim racing career to new heights. Visit AlienAwards.net. That's AlienAwards.net.
Finally, this episode is also brought to you by Bad Weather Brewing Company. Located in St. Paul, Minnesota, Bad Weather Brewing Company serves up craft beers such as the Fog of War Hazy IPA or the Immortal Toast Infused Right Stout. Some of the best designed cans you'll see, by the way. For the tab list and to grab your mug, visit badweatherbrewery.com. Proud sponsor of the Mad Sim Racing TC Sport Sprint Series in 2022. We're back on into the apex and what a first half great spot there uh, on the show and uh, here in studio with Rob Patrick Tyler Bradley uh, back with you and uh, the F1 fantasy league we talked about uh, some of the livery reveals those continue and we'll get into that maybe a bit here in the the final half of the show Uh, but the F1 fantasy league for into the apex 2022 is live go to the all new into the apex.com go to the bottom of the page you'll see a link to grid rival and that is the link to our league. We are exclusively on Grid Rival this year, and you can grab that app uh, for free uh, for any phone or mobile device or on your desktop. Uh, we've got about 15 folks in there as of right now, and uh, hope to have some honored guest pickers and guest uh, teams in there. And it's a little salty already in that fantasy league. Uh, we've got a contingent from the UK that are pro Lewis Hamilton. We've got a contingent and defending F1 fantasy league. Uh, winner Axel from uh, who is Dutch, uh, who is pro Max, and it's uh, chippy as always uh, between the two factions. Yeah, I came in third. It's respectable. <laughs> you did. You came in third. Yeah, that, that is respectable, actually. Oh yeah, I, I, was, I was only dude. Really, I calculated it. I would have won if Max hadn't have had that random tire blowout in Baku. Oh yes, yes, yes. Well, th- I mean that is respectable because well, I guess. Partly because maybe my expectations for you are, are low. Is that uh, is that cruel? <laughs> Always call me the resident F one guy. It's kind of <laughs> yeah, speaks, that's true. Actually, yeah, it yeah. speaks on to, yourself as well. So well, yeah, yeah I, go, I go to you. I lean on you uh, because I cannot lean on Bradley because he would collapse instantly. <laughs> pretty yeah, pretty, I don't know pretty confidently, and he knows it. Yeah, you hear him. He knows it. He he knows it well. Uh, I'm excited though. I mean, it's chippy already. It's going to be quite a uh, season of F1 fantasy. Uh, so get over to grid rival and, uh, check our league out, get in there, get signed up and get familiar with it. It's a little bit different, uh, but I think it's going to be, uh, really clean and cool to be on that, uh, that app this year. So, uh, moving into, uh, kind of a blend of, uh, real and sim racing. We talked uh, majority real racing, uh, at the first half of the show. Uh, but moving into a mixture and moving into oval stuff, uh, because we would be uh, remiss to to gloss over, obviously, the Daytona 500. It kind of puts a bow on all the Daytona action uh, that started really with, you know, in the virtual world and in the real world and all through January with the Roar, the Daytona 24. Uh, it's all been Daytona. So now as I watch uh, NASCAR action at Daytona, it feels very familiar to me. And you guys all probably feel the same way because we spent so much time there. Uh, and all for the first time for all of us. Uh, it feels very familiar to watch everything there. Makes me feel a little bit closer to the NASCAR stuff uh, than maybe I otherwise would have been. Uh, and I think that's good for me because as we've, uh, Bradley and I have said all along here for anybody that's listened to each episode, uh, we're trying to get, get back to our NASCAR roots and, and appreciate it. Uh, the next gen, the new car is succeeding in that for me. Uh, I watched the individual qualifying this week. I watched some of the, uh, the shootouts. I watched some of the clash at the uh, Coliseum. And I've really watched uh, to see that car. Uh, I like the aesthetic of it. Uh, I like it in iRacing. I like the scan of it. I like how it is. 
Uh, and I know early on in iRacing, when, when iRacing, like a lot of different cars, got a preview of it uh, earlier in the year, uh, last year, uh, a lot of people didn't care for it. And I think it's growing on people. It's kind of that that theme. Everybody kind of grumbles at first, and then they're, they're won over by it. I think the BMW maybe did that too, the new BMW. But uh, how do you guys feel about the Daytona and everything coming into it? I know, Patrick, you're speaking of resident F1. Patrick, you're a resident oval and NASCAR uh, contributor. Uh, so I'm going to throw it to you to kind of uh, how you're feeling about this uh, and, and pretty, some of the weird things that are happening this week in the real racing world for Daytona. I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, at first, I wasn't. Um, I mean, I watched the clash when it happened, and it was, you know, I was surprised. I thought it would be a complete cluster, and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but now going into it, I'm even more excited to see the 500, you know, uh, what the, today's Friday and the news that just came out that um, both of the Roush cars got their wheels uh, taken by NASCAR and then some of the Penske wheels as well because there's some issues there. They think, I, I don't know what it is exactly, but they're going to do some investigation. Sounds like F1. Yeah, it, it's it just all sounds real, you know, because it's a new car, it's a new, it's everything's new. So I, I don't know. Maybe they they tried to pull a fast one, but besides that, I think, I mean, you got and you also have the new model, the the truck series too. All all new scans on that, mm-hmm. um, in real life, not in iRacing. So yeah, um, it's it should be pretty good. Um, I'm excited. There's some at uh, the one uh, who was it. Uh, Who's the F1 guy? Uh, Jacques Villeneuve. Rob, that's your your guy. It's my boy. That's my boy. That's his son, Bradley. I know. He's the the man who got me into racing. Really? Yeah. Jacques? Yeah. How about that? That would be the right time frame. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like, that's that's my earliest memories. Him and, well, for like the oval side of like Ricky Rudd, but like it's for him, it's like. Oh, you Ricky Rudd? Wait, 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 wait. Hold the tape here. I never have heard this at all. Oh, yeah. Did we talk about it before? I used to love him. Remember we used to have, remember when he had that uh, Tide car? Yes. Oh, the number 10 yeah. car? The number yeah. 10 car, yeah. For some reason, I was just like, well, so I was like a little kid. You just see the one on there that you like and you think yeah. looks the best, and you're like, that's the guy you I know, like. You know what mine was? I know mine was uh, Sterling Marlin in the Kodak car, and Tyler was. Wasn't it Bobby Hamilton for a bit? Yeah, it was. In uh, and then it, Tyler's was Terry Labonte in the five Kellogg's car. We just. And, oh, here, here's cars. a deep track for you, '90s NASCAR fans. Ted Musgrave in the Prime Star car. Ooh. Dick Trickle in the Heilich Myers car. Oh, the Heilich Myers. You just Myers wanted to say car. Dick Trickle, didn't you? I did. Yeah, Joe Nemechek in the Bell South car. Ooh, oh, that is deep. That is some. That is didn't great. Dale Jarrett drive the Win Dixie Bush car? Ah, no, was that was uh, Mark Martin. Weird. That is now we're getting too deep, deep tracks. Yeah, that's Mark Martin. There was a Win Dixie Bush car. There was. Though, yeah, I'm right. pretty sure. Mark Martin. Obviously, we everybody knows Dale Jr. in the AC Delco. Oh yeah, before no he doubt. came to actual Cup Series. Yep, that's right. I I will never forget uh, as uh, a young fella into NASCAR uh, watching the kind of off season Motegi Twin Ring Motegi oval race with Dale and Dale Jr. 
in the yeah. Oreo Coke, whatever they were, cars. I've got the Oreo car. Yeah, I guess actually, you did. die cast. Yes, you I did. won. I won in a sim race in two th- their mid two thousand. And we come full circle. We yes. come complete full circle. Yeah, I, I remember watching Dale Jr. and uh, Martin Truex in the Bush series before oh. they made it to the big show. <laughs> Rob, you unleashed a nostalgia bomb. Oh, yeah, there we go, man. Just, Listen to us all just out, I know it, it takes me back to uh, even kindergarten. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> buying uh, we were in, in a NASCAR and we would go. There's like a little shop in our cafeteria oh, in the morning, God. and we went and bought. Uh, I bought a Mark Martin folder, like just a regular folder <laughs> with a pocket on it. Bradley still and it was cries. The, yes, it was the old school six valvoline. Yeah, uh, Mark Martin car and i Bra- think you got the terry the, ter- yeah, the body one i did bradley still cries thinking about the days when he could go to the school shop and buy his mark martin i go to the shop and buy nascar uh, and then i'm daytona 500 <laughs> I remember watching mark martin almost win in the 01 u.s army car uh, oh that was heartbreaking listen the, uh, rob just unleashed it i did not know <laughs> that rob was a ricky rudd like early nasdaq i mean that's that's us that's our that's our time too you were right there with us in, yeah, in, man. in a different world so like there was that, and they compared with that. Like I said, it's right around the time like Jacques Villeneuve, yeah, battling it with Schumacher, wow. NASCAR Rob. Yeah, who knew? Who who would have thunk it? Rob, <laughs> Rob with the mullet. <laughs> no, that's and pit Rob vipers. Pit vipers. Pull it all off. I'll pull it all. Pit vipers upset me. I know that. I know the car made it into the race, but. I got to look in today at the Pit Viper website, and it's like, oh, they're just trying. They're so 80s. Like, it's just openly douchey. Ugh. But Haley Deegan wears them, so and I'll, she's a nice lady, so I'm okay. I'll be well, okay. They give me, like, a Brett the Hitman heart vibe, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, Roddy, Rowdy Roddy Piper, uh, uh, They Live vibe. There Everybody knows we love the movie They Live. Oh, yeah, everyone knows that. <laughs> um. But uh, in the real world of Daytona, uh, it's it's not just in the real world that there's uh, some interesting stuff going on, uh, because the virtual world of Daytona has had a little bit of drama, as always. And uh, I kind of want to delve into that for the sim racing uh, population. I think that's, a, that's an interesting conversation for us to expand upon. Uh, maybe it's a little controversial. I don't know. Uh, but I, I'll tell you what, and Rob uh, kind of looked into this with us earlier in the week and brought it up to us. Uh, I'll hedge this in a minute, but let's preface it as best we can. Uh, there was a, it's the podium 500 major Daytona race, 500 mile race uh, on eSports. And a lot of big, it's not the eNASCAR. It's not the Road to Pro eNASCAR Coca-Cola type stuff. Uh, it's, it's a special event hosted by podium. And, uh, that got a lot of of time and and uh, discussion on the sim racing esports Twitter, uh, all the esports journalists that cover it, uh, all the big people. Uh, I, I don't know, Rob. Relieve me for a second if you have thoughts. What? How would you set this up, Rob? I don't want to do it all myself here. Well, there was just there was an incident. Like it's like a, it's super speedway racing. There's an incident at the very end, or I guess there. I think there was a couple incidents, but more or less. They had to make a call. Like someone was a winner at the end, and then someone protested. And was, we're not going to get into names, obviously. No, no, no. But someone protested, and they more or less gave in and ended up like yes. switching things back and forth. And it was just a huge mess. And then the next thing you know, there's like a mass exodus of people leaving. Like, yeah. I don't know, again, it's, you could you can name names, but it was just. Totally- I mean. 
yeah, f- basically, a, there was a winner in the sim in the race. There was a winner. Per, there was a virtual next gen card that passed the line first. Uh, then there was a protest uh, due to the fact, I believe, and I'm going to say, uh, I'm not. We're not doing a deep dive, sixty minutes style thing here, but it's worth. There's a deeper top thing to talk about that's amusing and interesting that I think we'll get to here in a moment. Uh, but essentially. Uh, there was something within the rules, possibly an incident that would have end of longest lined the person who won. And the, after the protest that was made, the winner was found to be needing to go to the end of longest line. So the car number two that protested got the win to, given to them later on by the driver council or the gaming council. Yeah, like it. this was on the Super Bowl day. So like, I don't know if people were just watching the game, which like who the hell could blame them. But like that's one thing that a lot of people seem pissed off about was that it happened and then hours and hours and hours yeah, went by on. before they made the original decision. And then again, another day goes by and then they completely recant. It's or whatever you want to say. Yeah. 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 Well, the, I think the podium 500 was earlier in the day before the, the, the Super Bowl or the big game, whatever. Uh, you don't <laughs> yeah, want, big, you don't want the NFL coming in. I don't want to get sued, <laughs> but the big they, game. Then they they made an original decision. Then they went back, and then there was the big fallout the next day. I, it's just such, you know, it really grinds my gears. <laughs> tell us, <laughs> tell Patrick, us, tell us, sing it. Protests, protests. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I protest place for him, but complaining. The, the, yeah. There, there's a place and a time, but there's also. A lot, ninety nine percent of it. Well, you pick your battles. I feel uh, you do. You pick your. Uh, here's here's how I look at it. I mean, if you're pro, t- if you're if it's something that happened in the immediate moment that contributed to uh, an unfair advantage that leads to the better result or the win, fair game. If it's something maybe petty that hap- that that happened early on that really you know didn't really contribute to the overall big picture, leave it alone. That's my no, none of these like these are like some of the highest series that you see on iRacing. They garner some of the best competition and some of the best oh, coverage. Yeah. That's and true. they should they clearly have some sort of I'm assuming they have live people watching that were admin. Yeah, that was the words, thing. whatever you want to call yeah. it. It's like why even leave it? How could it get to that point? It's like you shouldn't even have to have people like a protest should only be in the most egregious situation. If it was really that bad of an incident where it's clear and obvious, like that guy shouldn't win based off what just happened. They should have people there. who could make the decision within a couple minutes, like live stewards. Yep, yeah, exactly. So I don't well, they, know. they did have live. I believe yeah. they had live stewards. Well, then how's it going so go go for hours? You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. you don't want to, the, the situation I envision is, somebody wins a race, but maybe they did something that wasn't called earlier in the race or something happened and it's reported. And then they say, well, you don't win the race because you did that thing, you know, in this, in this part of the race that maybe had nothing at all to do with the win. And yet you may, and I'm not saying this is the scenario we're talking about. I'm just in general, I picture somebody complaining or protesting or whatever in any of these major races about small minor technicalities that don't change the results. I'm pretty sure this yeah. is like these are we're, like here we're talking about a wipeout in the last couple laps. You know? it, it was the last lap in general. Yeah, I the think. last so, lap. Yeah. So. so I think it, it, it's kind of more warranted in this situation, but I have yeah. seen it in other ones you where it's like it's like why waste the time? Yeah, you couldn't obviously make like change the outcome of a race based off something that happened on really early. Like it'd be hard to make that case, but yeah, yeah. that's why you still again need stewards who would penalize it during the race. Yeah. yeah, they have but to you, make up the right way. But there is pettiness out there, Rob. 
Yeah, I'm a penny that's, mother. Well, that's, that is the that is, and we'll get to that. That is the overall theme that I want to talk about with this type of racing. pettiness but, and sim racing. Well, not just sim racing, not just in, not just brawling and in sim sports. Racing. No, no, no. In in this type of sim racing, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it was a shame to see. I, I my hedge is this. This is what I'll I'll throw out there is we're we're absolutely like we're a hundred percent. Uh, we're drenched in bias here. Like we're not the ones to to chat about this too much because uh, well, number one, we're close. We, we know the podium guys. We worked with Podium for the Opmo Operation Motorsport Benefit Race, and they were wonderful to work with. Uh, they commentate the league that that uh, Operation Motorsport runs that we run in, and they do a great job. So we worked kind of behind the scenes with the steward people and with the the producers there, and it was great. So I don't have a bad thing to say about it. Uh, but I say that I have to say that and point them out because they're getting completely just just killed on Twitter. Oh, just all raked week. over the coals all yeah, week. It's podium like, specifically. On. Podium yeah, was no. sanctioning. You know, they weren't just broadcasting. They were sanctioning. It was the Podium 500. Yep. That's why it's relevant to mention that. Uh, yeah, all the so, Twitter trolls are just coming out out of nowhere and just well, going crazy. Uh, they law. I mean, the broadcast. Well, it's not just Twitter trolls. Though. I mean, no. a lot of people actually no. just quit and like, like, yeah, we're exactly. not dealing with these guys anymore. It's just like, it's, it was like, how like so like what were the internal deliberations like? Right. Like, how bad could it have been? That, it, that and was, it took that whole long period of literally the soup like during the Super Bowl, and then finally they made a, a, yeah. a went reversal on their decision. Yeah. So so broadly, here here it was. Uh, there was a winner in the sim, uh, and he's the winner. Then there's a protest, and then after the protest, the council takes away that winner's win and gives it to the second-place car. And then after more deliberation, they give the win back to the original winner that they'd taken the win away and take the one away from the car that protested in second. So th- there, now you see the picture laid out there instantly. Uh, so it, it's not a great look. I mean, that's you never want to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth in a competition. That's a sim competition. Um. But I think somebody summed it up. I forget who it was. Maybe it was somebody from GSRC or another broadcasting crew uh, that ultimately it's just a sad situation. Or maybe it was one of their broadcasters that left. Uh, they had two or three people resign or leave uh, as commentators. Uh, and I don't know. Obviously, I don't know the internals. Don't know if anything else happened before that. But that's been the buzz on on esports, uh, sim racing esports this week. So we got to kind of, I'm kind of interested to talk about that broadly, uh, which is, Here's the question, I guess. We're, we're kind of beating around it here, I feel like. Here's the big question. Uh, do you... Uh, they got a lot of heat. They had resignations. But they do a great job overall. They do a wonderful job broadcasting. Uh, so do you take anything away from Podium or any organization? Do you seriously critique uh, over anything that happens in this type of race? A sim racing restrictor plate race. Yeah, I sim racing restrictor plate race. Let's just <laughs> keep it in, in perspective. You have to cut, uh, excuse to my language. Everybody, please. This we're trying to keep it buttoned up. This episode, pardon my language, but those are often shit shows. I know. That's yeah, they are. They are shit shows. Real life is a shit show, man. But yeah, people are yeah. racing for keeps in a game with no cost. You know it's what I mean? not. Like, there, no, well, there was money on the line. The there, was, there was there was a thousand dollar purse to the yeah. Winner. But did that? Yeah, but that they're just doing the thing that they'd be doing if they weren't racing for a thousand dollars. Like it's not like we've seen it in cases for zero dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Like I these people would do these things anyway. People have pride on the line. I'd send it, but well, this is what it is. We just raced in the five in in uh, the Cyber Five Hundred, 
And that was contra- that had some controversy. We I made some mistakes in that race, and people get really pissed off. Yeah, uh, it, in that type of racing, you're you're a feather length away from somebody, like the hair of a paper away oh, yeah, from the, the hair around you. Yeah, restrictor plate racing is on an island of its set to it, itself. Yeah, you're on pins and needles, especially on the sim. Like it's, and you think it's the one time when people like I don't know, it's because people feel like like drive nose to tail in a line. Just keep doing it over and over. Like, how does this keep happening? Yeah. And, and if you're actually yeah. doing a full length race like that, like actual 200 laps, mm-hmm. yeah, it's something. It, at least one major incident that's going to cause some issues. It's going to yeah. happen. You feel like it should be super simple, but then once, like I said, you're actually doing it, one little mistake takes it. So many people that had nothing to do with oh, it. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's so. a game of it's a game of chess. It's a game of gut checks. It's a often a game of who the hell is that psychopath coming down the middle? What does he think he's doing? Yeah, somebody that feels like I can send it, I can get it done. Everybody feels like they can win these races. That's why that's why we got a Dutch team with a a French Canadian driver (laughs) who are starting dead last, but they don't give a shit. They're just like we're in and we're going to do it. We're going to avoid the big ones, and then we're going to be like a top ten. Yes. There it is. The future goes from there. We and only if you're in the top it. ten, you can have a chance to win. The pit yeah. viper car. The pit viper car can just show up. Yeah. <laughs> Greg Biffle. Greg Biffle. Yeah. Greg Biffle. My man, Greg Biffle, Grambling State. Bradley, uh, you can agree with this. This is a sim racing observation that I think you and I made early on because it's pr- it, it hits close to home. When we were we were young, young bucks with NASCAR 2003 season. First ever sim with our little Momo steering wheels and our little rubber pedals. Still got them. And our semi dial up uh, internet. Just very basic connection. Yeah. Junk computers. Uh, Life was easier back then. We were, yeah, it was. We, we were not good. Would you say we were good or not good, Bradley, back in those days? Uh, we were only good at super speedways. That, really. I mean, we, I, we got some so, wins. So what did we But view? we were best at super speedways. What, what did we, as, as, you know, let's face it, we were kids that, that just absolutely were not good. We weren't ready to be good. We didn't know how to be good. But what did we feel? We were all right. Okay. What did we, be realistic, Bradley. Yeah. What did we feel about the super speedways back then as, as, nov- as amateurs? We felt that was our... The only opportunity, seriously, yes. that we had to win or compete because it win. is a pretty even, regardless yes. of setup, it's a pretty even playing field. It's relatively at, Tal- easy. at Daytona, Talladega. It's it's wide open. It doesn't yeah. really matter. Everybody's on an even even yes. playing there's, field. There's so. no there's no finesse of of throttle and brake. There's no worry about tire wear in the sim. So you can just go and maneuver and play chess. And you, all you got to do is turn the wheel uh, and kind of know how to bump. I mean, there is some skill. Because there are obviously people that are better than others, but relatively speaking, anybody can kind of feel like they have a shot. It's like that in real life. I mean, that's no no stretch in either either world. But I feel like that is where we see some of the chaos at times. Is you get people that decide I never get to be in the top five. It's lap five. I'm going for the top five now, and I'm in thirtieth. Exactly. And, and, and typically, I'm not. You know, I'm I'm a thirtieth place car. If we were at Charlotte. Or New Hampshire or Dover, I wouldn't be anywhere close to the top five. I wouldn't have any shot. But at Talladega or Daytona, I can just send it up there. Just latch myself on like a leech to uh, the faster car. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Do, do, do you appreciate oh, yeah. what I'm saying here? Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. A man of lesser skill can compete. I, I feel that entirely. Yeah. Yes, I've been that man many core. times. It's not like oval racing's not my forte, but you can get me super speedway racing anytime. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I didn't. I hope I didn't just hurt a bunch of people's feelings. I mean, <laughs> that's that's that is tr- not you guys. I don't give a oh, yeah. about your feelings. I, I, fuck those people too. Whatever. <laughs> 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 Just get back to the road racing, don't won't you? Yeah, yeah. A place where maybe most of the time you can't take make one move and take a everybody out. Oh, I beg to differ. We just I mean, you can Bathurst. You, yeah, you can. <laughs> we yeah, did Bathurst be done. not long ago. It can absolutely be done. <laughs> Bathurst lap one. Yeah, but yeah, I I don't know. That was I wanted to talk about that that news this week or that situation, but it's hard for us to sit here and 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 piece together a big 60 minutes piece for you because uh we're we know the podium guys we like them uh we we sponsor the father of one of the cars involved in all the protests so i mean we're not the one it would be uh, to be frank it would be bullshit if we sat here and just went on and on about this and that not exactly dripping in objectivity yeah so it's not that's not what you're here for is that kind of stuff so but i, I mean my thoughts were just because i had been thinking this before all this stuff happened was God, this, I mean, we've been doing Daytona Oval stuff after our Daytona 24 stuff in the sim on iRacing. And uh, I've felt, I've, I've always felt it, but I feel particularly this just right now that it's just kind of messy. This type of racing, when you get a bunch of these races, it's messy. thought you were going to say toxic. I guess you, I mean, if you want to, yeah, you could say that. Because I typically am fairly clean, but I make a lot of mistakes and I, I get big eyes a big head on the stricter plates, just like anybody else. Don't let me sit up on a, on a high podium. Yeah. Well, you get, you get race face. I don't like, yes. I don't like myself on super speedways. Yeah. You also get it's bored like and then you're just like, ah, let's just make something happen. Yes. Yeah. That's you want to, you yeah. want to stir the pot just a little bit. Yeah. Change when you're on full length races quote. on a super speedway, like yeah. what else are you going to yeah. do? Like yeah. you got to, I can make only leave follow so much. I can only yeah. human centipede down the back stretch of Talladega. So many damn times. <laughs> exactly. Like, I mean, it's different when you're just like a 30 lap race and you can do it for 20, you know, right. 28. Yeah, you're not racing the track. Yeah. Yeah. Like any other track, you're, you're working on your line. You're working on gaining speed. You can do that and have fun Saving by yourself. Tires. Yeah. And I, you know, as an individual, but in, a, in plate racing, you're, you're one big collective. Yeah. That's and you're you, you the, have to work together. Yes. The whole time. That's all you're doing. It's, it's yeah. frustrating too because. You lose the. I mean, losing the draft is the most demoralizing wind out of yourself. Oh, it moment is in anything. How many times? Uh, speak, speaking of the old days in NR two thousand three, how many days would would we league race at a at a plate track and fall out of the draft and we'd be like, oh, I want to quit. I give up. And I we quit. would do it. We would give. We'd park. You it. still do it. I don't know. I just don't race at ovals. at ovals. That solves the problem. <laughs> Bradley still hits the wall. He taps the wall. It's all over. It it's is. all I got Michelin pilot at day fifteen. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's done. I'm done. Damn it, it's done. over. Bradley is very melodramatic. Oh I, yeah, I get very negative very quickly. <laughs> he he drops it. Don't go my way. Even on a road course, you drop a tire. It's over. I'm into sand. Yeah, it's over. It's all the that's world it. is over. That's it. Take it very hardly. Very <laughs> difficult. Bradley doesn't roll with things very well. No. <laughs> Imagine if I was in a real car. Oh, it cost boy. me. Tens of thousands oh, of dollars, boy. if not more. Do we talk about Bradley's real course situation? No, not until it's no. actually happening. No. 
Not until there's pictures to go along with it. Okay, Instagram, so, so, so we'll put them on the Instagram. We'll table Just them. keep that in the chamber for now. Keep it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep it cocked and loaded, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, what? Well, well, that's the Oval stuff. But, yeah. Uh, what's on your mind, Bradley? I can't talk about it. <laughs> you can't talk about I'm, it. Because I'm literally sitting here on my phone trying to research things. Oh, Oh what? God! Here we we'll, go we'll, again. We'll, we'll discuss that off the air. Oh, All no. right, now I got something for you guys. Yeah, yeah go. Picks for the Daytona 500. Oh, I was just gonna say oh. that. <laughs> I was just gonna say that. I am so not ready for that. Let's. Oh, well, yeah, this you, is well. You're no, Patrick. Right no, I'm for, so not ready. It's so not right, Patrick. Let's let's no. let's let's start with Tyler. Tyler, who are you picking for the? I, I love this. I'm gonna I have love, to pull a I roster. Love, I love Patrick, who's been shorthanded so often in Formula One picks. Turns the tables. I love Patrick. This. Is he's turned into show leader? Patrick. This is a coup. <laughs> this is a coup. No, Patrick. no, I, I'm. I don't have the personality for a coup. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! You're gonna uh, put me on the spot with the Daytona pick. Well, go here we yeah. go. Here, yeah. here's my here's a take. Uh, what uh, the Hendrick cars look fast? Is that is that They're really dripping? Two of them on the, the yeah. Um, Larson and Elliott, or no, Larson and uh, Bowman are on the front. Yeah, oh. yeah. Did I see Michael McDowell starts really well after his uh, duel? Yeah, he's starting in the top ten, uh, and he's the defending champ. Indeed. But then again, it's a whole new car. Yes, that's true. Oh boy, oh boy. Do I just have to? I only get one pick. You get one, one pick. pick. One pick. And, and it's super speedway racing, so you know it's we're <laughs> mud at the wall. See what sticks. I'm gonna be bold. I'm gonna be bold. I'm gonna say McDowell wins it again and proves that it's not just a one-off fluke. Wow, that he's not a lucky guy. Put that on the record. Michael McDowell loves. I love. You know why? I'm biased because I loves on all these into the apex on the road. I've been on the road a ton in 2021, and here going to Daytona, and my favorite stop on the ray on the interstate loves. What does that have to do with how fast Michael McDowell is? Because I just love it. I love. You love loves. I can I punch out of that joke? That joke's not good. (sighs) Wish I had a car crash audio. I mean, maybe I had one in. Michael McDowell might have car crash audio because he's probably not going to finish the race. But you probably give him like the broadcaster's jinx right now. Yes, I I like the loves. That's I'm I, I've really enjoyed loves this past year. That's what is what is this turned what is this turned into? It's I, all right. You anyways, take loves. I'll take Wawa and Patrick will take sh- uh, sheets. sheets. <laughs> anyways, Brandon, and then Rob, yeah, Rob's a quick I'm trip. I'm no, I'll take oh, Circle K, baby. Circle K. Circle, circle K. K. What what are you doing? Are you trying to get killed? What are you doing? What do you mean? I don't know what we have like. here. I don't know what it's like in Canada, Rob, but in Eastern North Carolina, if you go to a Circle K, well, one, it's it's dirty, and two, you're going to get shot. Yeah, you got to go to Sheets. Yeah, you got to go to Sheets. None of these people sponsor us, by yeah, the way, no. and Circle K is going to send and if us. And if you don't live in a particular region, you have no idea what the hell we're talking yeah. about. These are all very regional, nicer gas stations. Okay, Bradley got your phone looking. Bradley's going to go and look at qualifying times or something right That's now. That's exactly what I'm looking at, Rob. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's let's hurry it up Come here. Come on. Let's, yeah, throw Rob, it to Bradley. You have a pick? Yeah, I'm going with Villeneuve. He's last to first challenge, baby. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> last, right. That's what I like right. to see, some boldness. Yeah. I'm picking. I was bold. That's boring, you're, you're not so, bold. You picked the wait, guy you want a bold year. pick? Yeah. Okay. I'm going with the Biff. 
<laughs> oh, that makes oh. The, the Biff makes it sound like Biff Loman or something. <laughs> <laughs> and not because we have his autograph over here <laughs> on on his Coca Cola C two. I mean, he's experienced. He, he is experienced. Yeah. Yeah, he made I it feel, in, didn't he? I feel like none of our three picks are going to win. No, no, not at all. So, Patrick, what I, do you think? realistically, I'll tell you. Want to know who I think realistically? Okay, Kyle Larson. Oh, Larson God. is going to do it. Easy, Kyle Larson. Easy, easy. Yeah. It's an easy pick. Uh, if I had to make a pick, it would be. Uh, I'm going Brad Keselowski. Hey, he got the uh, one of the duels. There. He's won it before, has he not? Is he cheating? Well, they don't know yet. They have to inspect the the tires and wheels up in when they bring them back to North Carolina. It's like F one, but they haven't they haven't made anything yet. So he's still sitting second row starting. So I think remember way back on the show when we me and Bradley declared our new favorite NASCAR drivers. You remember that? Yeah, that didn't last. I picked didn't Ryan Blaney. Can I change to Bubba Wallace? Why is that? Explain your decision. I like the brand. I like the what, brand. McDonald's? Well, yeah. Take da, 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 da. I like... Uh, or Michael I like Jordan? The, yes, I like the Charlotte Hornets. Therefore, I'll pick. I'll pull for Michael Jordan's team. I didn't Who know else? that that the... Um... Or Trackhouse. What about Trackhouse? Trackhouse? They seem cool. They're they're cool. I mean, I want to be cool. Do you want to be with the, the money cool team? Yeah, I want to be the cool guy on NASCAR. When I go to Bradley and I go to Martinsville or Richmond this year or the Roval, I want to be. The, I want to show up to the track in some cool gear. I want to be the cool guy. Were you just using slang, or do you mean the actual money team, Patrick? I was using the actual team. <laughs> money yeah. team, the Pit Viper team. Yeah, that's uh, the Floyd no. Mayweather yeah. team. That was pieced together like a month ago. The Not Pit even. Viper, yeah. Listen, listen. The Pit Viper livery looks like a half-assed iRacing Trading Paints livery. So it looks it's like a cosmic looks like disaster. a looks like a unicorn drank too much whiskey and got sick on it. It, it looks awful. I don't I like. Think it. it's that bad. I think it's pretty good. I don't like Pit. <laughs> I don't like it. Kids these days. Kids these days. And they're pit vipers and then they're mullets. And then mullets. retro. It's all retro now. These kids these days. I don't like I'd it. I'm dead if it wasn't for my Tyler. <laughs> I'd be, you know, I'd be dead if it wasn't for my Tyler. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care for it, Rob. I do not care for it. I, I like Shake. the story. I'm all about the story. Like him and make, make it does. I'm looking like, at it now because I'm not, I'm not the car. I'm yeah. I'm not aware exactly. I've not been following Bradley's NASCAR. Never since. aware. Do you? Do I've you just not been interested in NASCAR. Bradley has never I've not aware. been interested in it. I, I just I don't know. I but no, I I agree with Tyler. I look at it, the picture of it, and it looks like something that I could have done in 1995 on Windows 95. Well, you don't understand in the paint, Bradley, in the Bradley. paint program. This what it looks like. I really hate that we're giving this free advertising. Bradley, pull up the Pit Viper website, please. I've looked at the glasses. No, not no. the glasses. The website <laughs> design. I I hate I hate viewed it earlier today. As a matter of hate viewed it. I hate I, I, that's a new one. I've, I haven't heard that one before. I hate viewed you earlier today. <laughs> All right. Then. I hate I did that earlier today. Oh, I see it. It's retro. The it website is. is like Windows 95. Yes, it is. Ooh, so it the is. marketing 
worked. I didn't even the marketing know worked on Bradley because it's it's retro. Yes, it's eighties or whatever the hell. It's that's what it is, and I don't like it. Kids these kids these days. I mean, they to, to be fair, I think still, I think they take that with you know. I get it. It's obviously it's a guy I with get, a mullet in his glasses. I get it's it. It's meant like a I half get, serious. I get that, but people kid people are actually doing that look in real life. It's not a meme because that's the thing. It's, it's what for they the girder body. It's but for it's, the, it's the garter Menchus of the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like <laughs> we have to know. We're, I know we're going out of racing here, but well, it's, hey, it's in this in, in the ever changing dynamics of society. Okay, you have to be even more eccentric than the next person to be noticed to be different. And in today's society, it's all about being a unique individual. But if everybody does it, they're not unique. Exactly. So it's the the paid. It's just gonna the envelope is gonna keep getting. I, I don't know. I don't know the saying. Goddamn, punching it. Bradley's punching, punching out. out. No, pushing the envelope. But you know, you know what I mean. Everybody's. It's got to get more and more extreme. I've got to be yeah. more and more special and unique. And that's that's what you see. I mean, like I understand what you mean. See, living in or being in a college town, a college city, it's the you college see the fashion, and it is all going back to rich ankle high white. I think you guys have yeah. just been living in the conservative south too long. Uh, <laughs> does nobody dress? Does nobody behave like this in uh, Canada, Rob? We don't have these problems. We don't have these problems. You're yeah, they have other blockading. problems. Yeah, we have other problems. Yeah, you, you seem to have. What's some what's that movie where the trucks were alive and they would attack people? <laughs> <laughs> you know the movie I'm talking about. That's that's what's happening in Canada. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Canada, the trucks are alive and trying to it's, murder people. It's that movie. It's that movie where all the people, all you the know, the one. Are, yeah, all the people are in a in like a cafe and yeah. dump trucks are just driving in a. All the trucks, they're just alive. They're you just remember, dri- you know the movie. I know the movie. They're driving in aggressive. What is it called? I need to know the name of that movie. They're driving in aggressive circles around the cafe, threateningly, and you're okay as long as you don't go outside. Where the hell? It's like go? tremors, but with trucks. Yes, yeah. yes, it's like tremors, but with trucks. That's exactly that's, right. That's so messed up. So now I'm on like a post-apocalyptic robotic truck Truman show. <laughs> island we'll go places messed up trucks. there you go just gotta get on our, on some rocks uh, where we have we have gone uh, as usual in the last half of the show we've gone left of center <laughs> maximum overdrive <laughs> oh okay from 1986 1986 on rotten tomatoes <laughs> directed by guess who it was directed by ron howard Stephen King. <laughs> no, no kidding. Music by ACDC. Budget budget of nine million dollars. I mean, that sounds amazing. No, no you know what's that. even better, Rob? Guess what, what the star was? Uh, Emilio Estevez. Estevez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm, that. I'm gonna go rent this movie on YouTube and watch it tonight. Is this the new The Room? <laughs> Oh, yeah, you live in America. You can't download. Oh, I remember. Stuff. I did not. How high, mock? Oh, hi, Mark. Maximum Overdrive. Everybody, go watch it if you haven't already. Oh my! Some God. of you know the movie we're talking about. We've got a new favorite movie on the show. It was They Live. Now it's Maximum, Maximum Overdrive. Overdrive, based on a book called Trucks by Stephen King. <laughs> They, they really it's went embellished. It's not, that. The, the like, book is not called Trucks. It is. The book is called <laughs> The Book is called Trucks. And of course the, Hollywood turned it into maximum overdrive. Really? That's crazy. I'm surprised Speaking you didn't hang it, hang it up Rob, after that. We're doing an ESS race tomorrow. <laughs> Making a joke that Rob, but we can't keep it on the track. That's the, no, the we are. I'm gonna be I was I was just keeping on track. We're good. Yeah, we're good. 
Uh, I, we're gonna, we're gonna uh, die from an LMP. LMP will yeah, take we us will. out. Some, somebody happen. who's did what I, what I did with Patrick at uh, Sebring is gonna do to us the same thing. Do they do multi class racing there with these kind of cars? Like, does that yes. actually ha- like they yeah, really yeah, do it? Yes. In I racing, the European Sprint Series is P ones, P twos, and GTEs. But the GTEs are dead. I mean, but it's like in, in real life, though, are they racing P ones, P twos? Yeah, the European and- Le Mans yeah, series. It would be because this series of- mirrors the European Le Mans. They just yeah. can't use the phrase Le Mans instead of P ones. It's uh, hypercars now, right? Right. Yeah. Well, same. And they difference. have a, they have prototypes and GTEs. So yeah, it's based on uh, the European Le Mans series. It's exactly yeah, what yeah. it's based on. Okay. But it needs it'll need some updates. We, I mean. What a what what a hard turn! I'm still stuck on this movie. Uh, yeah, we need in iRacing specifically. We need these hypercars. I'm I'm kind of shocked we don't have any of them at this point. That's really the most why it's a little early. That is the biggest need. It's I mean I know the Toyota Gazoo yeah, has yeah, has been you're running, right. but otherwise right. Toyota is not involved as well much in iRacing. Yeah, you're gonna we're gonna have to wait for a fully developed Glickenhaus. or experimental hates some racing exactly so. it's gonna be a, that you know what it's gonna be it's gonna be a porsche and or bmw maybe both yeah because they have partnerships with sim racing and i race yeah both of them so right. we'll, i think we'll get those but I, it's gonna be some time before we get them okay yeah what's the thing are you gonna are you gonna get hypercars or daytona hypercars first Aren't they it's the, all the same. Yeah, they're, yeah, no, they're, it's they're not, kind of the same. They, they're, they compete the same. That's the thing. They're not the same. <laughs> but they're kind of the same, right? They're, they're well, spec- in iRacing, it'll they have can't, to be. The, the and they're spec the same so that they can compete for overall wins, but they're fundamentally different things. Fundamentally how? That the LM hypercar are more or less for the manufacturers. So you guys, how you can get Peugeot with this weird design without a wing. I love LMDH that. is like spec much more more. Re- it's much more rigid for, for, for spec. Like you have to get a one of four approved chassis. And I think you're allowed to do your own motor or something like that. So there's like, you can get a Delara chassis or, 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 or I forget the other two now at the top of my head. Um, but it's meant to be more affordable and to bring in more teams, but it's not. So they're going to, like I said, you can't have more than 670 horsepower and either of them and deployed at any point, but they are different. Hmm. I trust our racing to figure it out. Yeah, me too. Yeah, because the hypercar is not in IMSA at all. It's only going to be the LMDH. And see, we call them hypercar. Well, they're going to, yeah, it's a hard front. It's right now it's hypercar. Right. But that'll change. Well, no, because the hypercar is is for, or regulated to run MWEC. Over and over across. So in Europe, they're already using hypercar, but you're not. You're going to see LMDH here. So like, they're probably going to call it hypercar either way. But like, they are different things. Yeah. Well, it's GTP, right? It's going to be GTP. Yeah. Well, that's and, what IMSA is uh, going to call it. Yeah, in IMSA, yeah. So bringing it back to the old name. Certainly not confusing at all. Not not at all. No, there was. An see, article. I just thought they were all the same. Thing. Well, there was an how article. Much, how much? No, much Look different. Somewhere, maybe SportsCar 365 had an article really breaking this down. Uh, that's that's needed if you're new if you're just kind of figuring it all out yeah um but i, I mean what do they say it's a new grand era of uh golden era of sports of prototype racing and that kind of thing so it's exciting i'm excited maybe i can't quite visualize how excited i i am but i'm excited yeah i mean i can't you, i can't picture the full field with all the manufacturers there's so much news and so many announcing and then some maybe pulling out that it's you really it's it's hard to envision what that starting grid's going to look like um, at the, the Rolex Twenty Four. 
but it's it's going to be cool because we i mean this year we had the gtd pro that we were fired right. up about next year it's going to be a whole new whole new thing that yeah we're it's going to be a lot of new stuff yeah it's going to be a lot a, a large field of grand cars yeah no doubt. hopefully i mean we have what 60 some 61 yeah. 62 so Whew. it'll be interesting and i, I we, we've got to be there i think we are going to we're going to be there so. yes we are join us join what us. what an episode this has been holy hell guys what an episode a lot of fun Join the Grid Rival ITA Fantasy League. Jump in there with us. We still have a lot of time before the Formula One season, and there's unlimited spaces. Get in there for bragging rights. It's a worldwide competition at this point. Uh, coming up on May on excuse me March 12th, Saturday, March 12th, into the Apex on the Road, Bradley and myself will be at the track at Asheville. Uh, that is a sim racing center, a physical brick-and-mortar sim racing center in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, they have multiple triple screen and single screen uh, sim rigs up and running, and uh, it's really uh, kind of a small top golf for sim racing. We cannot wait to talk to the owner and founder of the of the place and some of the members. They'll be doing a hot lap competition for our visit. You know, it's going to be a hell of an afternoon of craft beer and sim racing. Uh, we will be staying overnight. Sounds like heaven. We will be staying overnight in Nashville on that note because uh, we're not going anywhere. It's going to be a good time. If you're in the region, if you're in North Carolina, Tennessee, South Carolina, Virginia, even make the trip. Asheville's a destination. It's worth it for a bunch of reasons. Plan a weekend there. There's, there's plenty to do. Yeah. Plenty to do in Asheville. So Uh, we'll do in it. Hey, we will be there for quite a bit of time in that afternoon on that Saturday. Um, And then we'll also be downtown Asheville. So, Hey, if you, if you don't know what to do, come hang out come with bre- us come brewery hopping with the into the apex so we're very pumped about that we had a great meeting with them and uh, they'll be doing some competitions and different uh, festivities uh, for that day we've got some people already planning to travel in uh, the track at Asheville. take a look at them on social media you'll see them on our instagram and twitter as well and uh and yeah coming up on into the apex get excited uh, next week we've got daniel morad joining us of allegra motorsports uh, Mercedes AMG from IMSA and uh, the no need to advertise Maradness, uh, some of the best sim racing gear and apparel uh, and lifestyle brand out there. Uh, so we've got some exciting stuff coming up. Uh, we're going to have uh, later on in March, uh, a guest swap. One of the members of the iRacers Lounge podcast will join us in the fourth chair, and then I will join them in one of their extra chairs. Uh, so we're having some fun stuff happening on the show. Uh, so jump on the all new into the apex.com join the discord. Uh, we're having a, a great, we're having a hell of a time in 2022 guys on a run. Hell of a time on a run. We got a road schedule. We got a, a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff. So That's right. Very excited about That's the year. Right. Very excited about the year. So everybody, uh, you know, go, uh, in the next week or so, uh, go watch maximum overdrive. And, uh, consider, watch it tonight. Consider where you are. Don't, don't your, give them a week to watch think it. Of, think about where you are in your life uh, and watch that. The Trimmers with trucks. Yeah, I'm. Uh, and Emilio Estes. I'm. I'm really happy. Happier about that than I'd like to to share right now. But on that note, <laughs> on that note, till next week. We've got a huge show again. We'll see. It's been into the apex. You've been listening to Into the Apex. Apex. Presented by Mad Sim Racing. Follow and join the team at madsimracing.com.